there, walking into the studio right now, who won't be far from the microphone, is none other than... Uh, yo, yo, what's up? The very healthy Keith Ellis. Yes. Hear that? Now, that's healthy. a man who knows how to project. I don't know who's healthy. Yeah. I saw a picture of um, of you and Jonathan Gregory at a boxing gym. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just saw something else Jonathan posted. I was like, Jonathan, this is a clean show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to let him know that. Yeah. That is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, we have in studio here at the ComedySchoolsRadio.com studios, none other than the headliner at the Tempe Center of the Arts as part of the Tempe Comedy Concert Series tomorrow night, Keith Ellis. Let's give him a hey, round of, yay. yes, a party applause. Hey, hey, hey. How come you're not applauding, Cheryl? <laughs> Shirley didn't applaud for you, Keith. We're going to have to talk. If Shirley's sister was here, she'd applaud for you. Is, is Keith, is Keith going to be? My uh, producer, Cheryl, who also happens to be my wife, is a twin. A twin? Yeah, uh, she's a twin. She has a twin sister. And um, Sally, and uh, uh, for many years, um, see, you didn't know this, okay? Uh, Sally was single for many years. She's not now. Uh, but Well, she's, she's dating someone now, oh. a really cool guy named Eddie. Um, but um, we didn't really notice ourselves, but she wouldn't come to, you know, like, when people know you, and they know you do a show every week, produce a show every week, they don't, you know, after a while, they don't come every but she, she goes, is Keith going to be there? <laughs> I and I remember, I remember looking at you because I've known you for a long time. And then I noticed like women coming out to your show. And I'd see women coming. I go, is this, is this where Keith's going to be? And I still don't get it. I got to be honest. I look at you and I don't get it. But, but you are. Um, I don't get it either because that's, some that's something new to me sometimes. You know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I've known you for a long time. And uh, I've known you, I think, maybe 10 years. You know? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't. And I am, in the last five years or so, you've become kind of a. I'm not kidding, because we notice it in the people that come out to see your shows. Because we work with you uh, on a, on a somewhat regular basis, you become like a chick magnet. So what's the deal, Holmes? I don't. I don't <laughs> either I'm slow because I don't know when people hit on me. So I'm yeah, gonna, I really don't know if they're hitting on me. It's like, uh, where do you think I'm at in this game? I have seen. I'm gonna so be. So many women are interested in. Yeah, yeah. It's I I have seen women come up and talk to you. Like you know how you, you you ever had that experience where you see a buddy of yours talking to a girl and then you go, oh that girl's interested in him. But yes. the guy, I've seen that happen with you several times. You know where I've seen some woman she's just kind of standing and she's just kind of jabbering away with that kind of weird smile. Yeah. Like you're just you know going into like comic you know uh, yeah. thank you mode and stuff and they'll kind of talk for a while and they'll stop and they'll stare at you and then they'll go he's and they they'll walk away. Because they realize that you haven't picked up the signal. Right. It's like, yeah. Hey, yeah. I know she wanted me to have her baby. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you one of those guys? Because uh, 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 I was one of those guys uh, uh, who that would happen to me on occasion. And people go, hey, she was interested in you. I was one of those guys where a woman had to walk up and go, I am interested in you. I would like to date you. Yes. I find you attractive. Please get in my car. Come to my house. I mean, it would have to be like spell. Are you one of those guys? They really have to spell have it to, out. Have, yeah, because sometimes it gets to the point where if you do eventually over the period of time get to talk with them and then you end up going together for a minute, they're like, I was always interested in you. Yeah. Like, well, how come you didn't say that? Well, I thought you could get the signs. I didn't. I don't know. I don't, I'm not good. I'm good with Braille, but I'm not good at understanding what you're talking about. Have you ever had the obvious, uh, the opposite, where you think a woman's interested and go, uh, well, you want to go out? And they go, I thought we were friends. You're disgusting. <laughs> I just had that. <laughs> I just had Really? That. <laughs> you want to meet up? Sure. You want to meet up? Sure. Sure. So we met up for drinks. Think next thing you know, 
I'm paying, but I'm like, okay, I didn't know I was, it was a date. <laughs> we were just meeting up, but now I'm paying yeah. for everything. It's like, oh, okay. And then next thing I hear, you know, yeah, I really liked you. I'd like to see you again. And then next day, it's like, I'd like you to be my friend. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be friends with you. Okay, cool. It's you know what it, it's a mess all the way around, isn't it? As far as that relationships and that's why I just stay with comedy. Two divorces and comedy. Comedy, I'm not leaving. See, I didn't know that. Two divorces. Two divorces. Two divorces. Man. Two divorces. But it's been quite a while since your last marriage, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was about seven years already. I think in the divorce. Yeah. Six, seven, something. Like so that. when I when I first met you, you were married. Yes. Yeah, that's why you seem so. She never off. came out. She never <laughs> came out to the shows. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, you're welcome to come out to any show. I don't have to come out to support you. I'm like, oh, okay. Did she when you first met her? When you then she came out to your shows? Yeah, yeah. But you know that's kind of a trajectory with comics. Um, I'll see that a lot where um, a woman will actually see a guy on stage and 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 they'll start dating or um, or she'll start going out with the guy and they're coming to a lot of shows. But after a while, they figure out that of of the hour that we're up there, that uh, even the most uh, impromptu and improvisational of us. 50% of what we're going to say, they've now heard 100 times. But yeah. I don't know why this has changed from real life, because in real life, you're going to hear the same crap anyway. I like the way they do it. They, uh, they, they have the interest with you. They're like, I'll support you. And then they come out to these shows. Because I was in Virginia Beach. I was doing three shows a night, seven days a week. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, you're going to go tonight? I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's Tuesday. I got to, oh, I thought we were going to spend time. Okay, you blow the Tuesday yeah. off. And then the next thing you know, so now you cut your shows down. And then you're like, oh, I have something planned Thursday. Oh, I have a show Thursday. Oh, I thought we were going to do something. And now you've just cut that show out. So now you're only doing like eight shows a week. And then she's, she's controlling and getting to that point where you're only doing one show a week. <laughs> and you're like, how'd that and happen? And then there's women like me who build podcast radio stations yeah. for their own. Well, that, I mean, that's one of the cool things about, about this relationship. You don't have to defeat One of the cool things about this relationship is Shirley actually comes to every show every Friday night and, unlike me, actually listens. I see so, you sleep over there. <laughs> oh, I heard this already. Someone told me recently. <laughs> I was talking with someone and... Um, with a comic, uh, uh, I think it was Mary Upchurch, who's a very funny up-and-comer in town. And uh, and then I heard it from a couple others. Go, uh, they go, you know you know when I know the show went well? I went, she goes, when I, when because I, uh, surely sometimes we'll send people. Well, she, we podcast most of the shows live, and then you'll be able to listen to them on ComedySchoolsRadio.com, either live or in a downloaded version. She goes, I know it's going well when I just hear Shirley kind of giggle a little bit in the back. Like, <laughs> 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 Because, you know, I will do the same thing, like how she'll talk here in the studio without the microphone being on sometimes. When she's broadcasting live, I'll go over and start talking to her, not realizing that's being picked up by the microphones back there. (laughs) You know, because it's not a a through the... I've never liked recording shows where the sound is coming directly from the comics mic into the board because then you're losing the laughter. I've always liked that, like, old-style, like, 1950s live thing. We're getting the whole room, and that's what we're doing for you tomorrow night. We will Boom, be Mike. Oh. we'll be uh, podcasting live um, uh, your show at the Tempe Center over there. Who else is on that show with you? You have Brian Kahatsu and okay, Lenny Lizard. He's gonna do the he's gonna be the host, uh, so he might do a little. He might do. A little I like stuff. Lenny. I like Lenny for the fact that he always wears a tux. He always wears a he tux. Class. He brings that classiness to what I want to do. So you know what we should ask Lenny to do, and then we should wear overall some night. <laughs> let him go cut. <laughs> yeah, and just say, say we already do the exact act you do, but in overalls. You know, we're like brown shoes and white socks. <laughs> and see see if that changes. <laughs> it wouldn't work. 
if, if, if you don't know who Lenny Lizard is, who will be uh, hosting and emceeing, uh, and I don't think that's his real name. Um, no, that's not his real yeah. name. Um, but if you call him by his real name, he won't answer. What is, his, mean, what is his real it's name? J.J. Kennedy. Oh, is that J.J. Kennedy? That's yes. right. That's right. Yes. Um, so if you say, if he's dressed in a tux and you're like, hey, J.J., he will not answer you. Kind of like Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, you, if Superman's walking around like in a Superman suit and he's at like soup plantation standing in line, <laughs> okay, and someone goes, hey, Clark Kent, he won't turn around. Right. And same thing with Lenny. If he's at like, um, if he's at like um, uh, McDonald's. You know, and he's buying off the low-down menu, and he's got on his tux. You go, hey, JJ, the head, not even a flinch. It won't even recognize. I've called him. I'm like, hey, JJ. He was just looking at me like, who are you talking to? Have you ever ran up to him real fast behind him and, like, yelled, hey, JJ, like that? <laughs> I, I'm going to try that tomorrow night and see if he turns around. Lenny Lizard will be the host, who's a, an unusual act. And we have Jonathan Gregory and yeah, Branka Hatsu. Jonathan Gregory at the Tempe Center for the Arts. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start calling it the Jonathan Gregory Center for the Arts. You know what it is? Uh, um, he's just funny, man. You know, and just he. You know what I like? You know what I like about Jonathan is um, some guys. Um, when you have to follow them, if they do really well, they kind of suck all the air out of the room. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan actually kind of elevates the room, and what he does is so different from what you do anyway. Yes, it is that true. it's not like oh he he stole my thunder or or he he burnt up uh, all of this, so there's nothing left. He actually kind of elevates the room and uh, uh, really sets the stage for whoever's going up. Unless you really suck, then it, <laughs> then it's hard to follow him. But uh, I've seen you follow him many times and do fantastic, man. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a good time, man. We're gonna have a good time. I didn't know if you wanted me to get here because you know the address that you gave me. Yeah, what? I give forty two forty two. Yeah, <laughs> it's wrong. Seventy two seventy two. What? But it's listed. Okay, all right. We're gonna straighten <laughs> this out. We'll straighten this out. You know, I can't be riding around Scottsdale. Like, what is he looking for? Yeah, you what? can't ride around Scottsdale a <laughs> lot. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's not that doesn't really happen to you, yes, does it? Does. Oh man, oh, man, it's still alive and well in Scottsdale. If I want to know I'm black, I'll come back to Scottsdale. You know, discriminate. I, the, hope dis- I have it right. Huh? On the website, I hope I have it right. What do you have I on the website? She doesn't. We don't even know what the hell's on her own website. <laughs> I, I want to get this ready because right before you came in, we were talking about this wave of uh, of uh, religious freedom bills that seem to be uh, permeating primarily the South right now. They tried one here in Arizona a while back that allows businesses to. Uh, discriminate based on sincerely held religious beliefs. I think sincerely is the nebulous word there. Uh, uh, if I was an attorney, that's one that I would might argue. Uh, that you can discriminate against people. In other words, if you come into my restaurant... Uh, Hindu. Yeah, and, and, you're, and, and you're gay, you know, I can go, oh, you can't, you can't eat here. I mean, it could be extrapolated to that. That's what the people would pass these. But it seemed like, especially in the South, man, North Carolina passed one. Georgia passed one. The governor didn't sign it. Mississippi passed one. It's like Southerners are going, come on, man. Let us discriminate against something. We just... we well, took the flag. They yeah, went crazy. You took our flag, man. <laughs> you, we, can't, we can't keep people slaves no more. You took our flag, you know. We, we got to fight them at the lunch counter. Let us... Give us something, man. You know, our women are making more money than us right now. Come on, buddy. Let, let us hate something here. Come on. Monster that, truck's not getting the yeah, attention it deserves yeah, anymore. That's who we are. That's who we are, man. So um, a lot of people, you know, and, and I know this to be true because I've, uh, uh, I've, for a good part of my life, I live, especially my adult life, I lived in uh, ethnically diverse neighborhoods, and I also was raised racist, so I know how racists think. <laughs> I was raised racist. It was my dad who turned my head when I was a little boy. Wow. 
when I was a little boy, my dad would come into my room, you know, after everybody was over for uh, uh, dinner or a party or something, you know, because it was just always families at the house, and go, everything they're saying is a lie. They're good people. And he was the first one to actually take me to uh, a, a, a black guy's a guy that he worked with. Oh, you say a clan meeting? What? No, 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 okay. no, no. They were, they were, they were, my uncle would have taken me to a clan <laughs> meeting. But, um, uh, and they were St. Louis uh, racist, which was the worst kind, because it was just, we just hate. It wasn't, well, you know, we've had a long tradition down here. They live over there. We, just, we don't like them. You know, but my father was the one that really was uh, uh, far more advanced in that and turned my... And then, of course, as the 60s were going on, you're reading the Constitution, you're going, well, it says, you know, all men are created equal and they're men. And, you know, so um, uh, so what, I, what it allowed me, though, is I know the code, uh, you know, I know how, uh, I know racist thinking. But a lot of white people nowadays, especially right-wing right people, go, well, we're in a post... Uh, uh, a post-racial society, which is, but I, I hate political correctness. I want I want to I want to hear about your experience for a moment. I just want to share something. Um, a couple days ago on Facebook, a guy put up a, a post uh, that he thought, and, he, and a post was, "Why can't a Mexican uh, use a bow? And, uh, why can't a, Mer- a Mexican hit a target with a uh, with a bow? Because he don't have have no arrow. Because he have no arrow." And then he wrote, "Ha ha! I hope the political correct people." Uh, I don't care. I think it's funny. So then I posted one up going, why couldn't the white guy hit the target with his bow and arrow? Because he couldn't find a Mexican to shoot it for him because Trump had sent them all back. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, I, you know, so I, if you, because I, I, it's not that I found it offensive. I just found it stupid. The guy, have no arrow. Get it? <laughs> so I went, all right. So I, so I, and the guy goes, I, I don't, and the guy's a good guy. I mean, I. He goes, I don't see the point. And I go, well, point, arrow, <laughs> got it. The then I had another white guy on the same thread go, you probably don't even know what bow and arrow is, you sissy. And start of arguing with me. Like, I says, come out to Arizona and we have a bow and arrow contest. And I'll shoot in the ass wow. with an arrow. But wow. the ugliness is always there. So what you're seeing is you still experience it. Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah it's alive and well. Yeah? It's alive and well. I mean, there's, there's I, I can come to this guy still. I've done things. I've gone and got, I've gotten drinks. My price has increased when I go back to the bar. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. You just told me. He's like, no, it's regular this. I'm like, but I watched you do four other people at yeah. the same price. So, I mean, it's just, I, I see it. I see it. I've finished shows over here. I've gotten pulled over. No tickets. Yeah. No tickets. You know, driver's license. Go stand back at his car for five seconds. Come back. You have a nice night. I mean, you're not running anything. So, you're just, you're pulling me over. And why'd you pull me over? I got pulled over one night, 37 miles an hour in a 45 on Scottsdale Road at 1130. Yeah. He said I was obstructing traffic. <laughs> like I'm instructing traffic I was like there's three cars he's like well one had to go around you I'm like well two had to go around you because you were on the left side he was like well you have you been drinking no I'm like why he's because like, you were swerving uh, like, okay I'm black that's swag what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. and he, nothing, he just said you have a nice night within 10 seconds that was it so I was like wow dude still the, still the same Keep so still the just kind of letting you know um, we're here yeah so it's it's more subtle but but maybe you know I, I I said one time I go the only difference the only maybe positive it's an odd positive uh, was back in the day you knew who the 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 hate monsters were at least you're honest you told yeah. me I don't yeah. like you cool yeah but um, but now it's like much more subtle and under the rug but just as you know and statistics bear it out over and over and over again. The discriminatory, discriminatory practices, um, practice against people of color, uh, African-American people, uh, Latino people, 
and then people will just deny the statistics. But it's still there. Yeah, like a friend, a lady at, a com- at, at one of the shows, she said, she said, your comedy's so profound as if nothing's changed. I'm like, it's just been kind of sugarcoated, so nothing has changed to me. Yeah. I've seen the Klan march, so I'm old enough to know. I've seen the Klan march with their outfits on. I've seen that back, went back in Indiana. So I am from Indiana where originated so I, I've seen some things the modern clan a lot of people don't know that the the, the original clan came up out of uh, the south in uh, post-civil war and it was part of moving towards um, uh, Jim Crow legislation uh, but then it kind of died out but then had a huge resurgence in the early 20th century in Indiana is where it started I've seen the torches burning I've seen yeah I've seen a few things you know the odd thing if you live in uh, if you live in the Midwest I grew up in the Midwest I grew up in St. Louis they will be racist and discriminatory, <laughs> but totally deny it. Totally deny it. You know, it's like no, no, no. Let's uh, do that one thing. What's that one thing? One a lot of white people say it's like, well, I have a black friend. My, yeah, my best friend is black. I'm like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Well, bring him. I'd rather talk to him. <laughs> I never understood that. The uh, the great legendary baseball pitcher Bob Gibson, who pitched for uh, the St. Louis Cardinals in the '60s and when they uh, were in the World Series three times. Uh, uh, one of the reasons that he, when he retired, his blood pressure was out of whack and everything. And later on admitted, he goes, one of the great pressures that he felt was realizing that he was pitching for a team in such an overtly racist city that he'd look out in the stands and he didn't see one black face. You know, not one black face. And he knew that everybody there, did, he was in a very segre. Up until 1948, St. Louis was legally segregated. And then he knew he was in a segregated, and then, and then after that, it was still segregated. Uh, he knew he was in a segregated place. He knew they hated black people, and he found the cheers almost started grating on him. You know, so uh, it's still out there. You know, yeah, that's why. I mean, I do what I do with a smile. I mean, yeah, and that opens up a lot of doors because it's like I'm not threatening, I'm not harsh, I'm not, I'm not the BET. I'm just jammed in your face, and that, the militant side comes out. There's a key toilet side, then there's a KE side. The KE side is the one that probably robbed a liquor store. But then <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's two sides. We all have two sides. So I keep the smiling side where Starbucks is like, oh, here's a coffee just for making me laugh for free. I'm like, really? Yeah, okay. Well, you know, what I what I found interesting about your comedy over the years and, and watching you and knowing you as long as I have is that it doesn't, you know, a lot of people get into comedy and they're kind of swayed by, I saw a guy, uh, I, I won't say his name, he's still around, but um when I knew him, he was like a clean-cut sweater, sweater with a tie underneath. You know, you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, real. And then as uh, um, as uh, uh, Def Jam rose up, <laughs> then the next time I saw him, he was wearing like some sort of skull cap thing. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, dude. Goes, uh, you know. So you you're not really swayed. You you have like this fundamental thing, you know. And you've just kind of developed. I've watched you just kind of almost like, you know. Uh, I'm doing what I want to do the way I want to do it and, and making decisions about what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it over the years. And it's not swayed by anything other than your own creative desires. I think I want to be unique, but I also want to get a point across. And if I get it across too angrily, uh-huh. then no one's going to listen. But if yeah. I get, once you get the following, then who knows? Maybe I might change down the road. I, don't, I mean, I've yeah. done the blue. I've done the blue. I've done that and all the other stuff, you know. Uh, but it's like that. This is just something that works for me. And it's. It's like if I can keep a family together, if a whole family, bottom line, it works this way. One, respect for more than father. Two, if I get the whole family to come to the show, that babysitting money doesn't go out. It comes to the show. Yeah. So why not keep a family together with good positive things so everybody can talk about it when they leave instead of getting at home talking about, yeah, you remember that one joke he was talking about suck? Oh, hey, why don't you go back to bed, honey? You don't have to hide my jokes. Yeah. 
Well, that's I was going to mention that you've you've kind of made a decision to be. Um, you know, and it's a new genre, and I, I was talking about this in the last couple of weeks, uh, what clean comedy is. Uh, at one time, what clean comedy was, it was almost like um, uh, it, I, I, like a reaction to, it, you know, as, as laws became more liberal and, and what you could say on television and with cable and then premium cable and what you were allowed to talk about and exhibit became anything goes – there was a, initially a reaction called clean comedy, was all, which was almost like church comedy. But now it's not church comedy. Guys who decide to work clean, it's almost like there's a million topics. Uh, one of the topics, of those million, there's one that is sex and there's one that is drugs. And I'm going to talk about everything but that. Or I'm going to, but there, or there's, there's hundreds of thousands of words. I'm not going to use these 10. But it's not like if you see a clean show nowadays, if you see your show when you work clean, or if you see, like, my friend Rich Scheidner, who has always oh, been a proponent of it, yeah, that you're going to see a show that is funny, that's going to touch on every subject that, that the comic is interested in talking about, uh, but it's going to be done in a way that is not um, uh, graphically sexual or, or uh, you know, or what I don't even want to say dirty because it's moral, but it is dirty. It's not that. So it's like you guys make a decision that you're going to work this way. But it seems like it's more creative, too. It seems like it's more creative because of, I mean, I've watched, you've seen audience members walk from certain sets where people oh, God, have got yes. it. And, you, <laughs> and, and the comedians just don't get it. Uh, but then they never get to see the last comic. So when I see that, if you put two or three guys up and they're talking about, you know, penis, vagina, yada, and then you see people leaving, that last person, they might not come back to the establishment. They might not come back. I mean, I've heard people say, I'm not going to go back to this comedy place because it was so vulgar. Yeah. Okay, but then the last guy, you know, I did a club in Indiana, and the guy was so vulgar, and I was just a guest, and I asked him, could I get on? They gave me 10 minutes, and then I have carte blanche now. He just said, the, the nine people were going to walk. Yeah. But he said, you know, they stayed because they're like, I think this next guy, he might be clean. So th they let me do what I do. And then I come out there, I go headline. So that's just the fact that they stay because so many people, like it's just, you hear these words every day. I might not say I'm on stage. I might have a moment where I just say my things off stage, but it's just on stage, it doesn't come out. You know, I, I think what I was trying to get to about about you and, and uh, comics that do what you, you do now, and, and you, do it, you do it extremely well, is that here's what I'm trying to uh, explain to people, that an edgy Scottsdale crowd, Kids, you know, I mean, like people in their 20s who are like party animals are people my age who are ex-party animals <laughs> or we're never party animals are going to enjoy your show because it's not like, well, we're just going to do just really saccharine stuff. It's not that. OK, it's just it's it's funny and, and we're going to react to it. So that's the, the new genre of clean comedy that you and some other people I'm starting to see do more often uh, uh, actually does that. It's not like. It's not like I'm going to go see a Disney movie, you know? It's right. I'm going to see a funny show. I'm going to see a creative show. It's creative and it's funny. It's got an edge to it. But at the same time, you know, I hear everybody talking about, you know, uh, fisting. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that was a theme back a while back, wasn't it? They were just talking about it was one comic go up and then the next comic go up and use the same thing. I'm like, I guess they write together. <laughs> they must write together. Either that or hang out together <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> so what he does is actually harder. What he, what he does is actually harder. But I like to see when I do shows, it's when you have somebody that go up that's vulgar and somebody go vulgar, I'm thinking, I'm not hard like that, but if I bring the energy, it actually takes away what that first person, what the other ones did. But yeah. they're listening and it's they forget. I think they don't even recognize that I don't cuss. So I want yeah, to be well, yeah. so well done that they're like, 
he didn't use any profanity. You know, so I've had I've had guys in the audience sit there and tick cheat with people who've said the F bomb. They you know they, I was just like really I've done it. You, I've oh, done yeah? it. Yeah. Okay. There's there's a guy one time uh, <laughs> there's a guy who's uh, uh, pretty well known. I'll say who it is because I talked to I, I interviewed him on the radio and he's a funny guy and he's he's a he's a cult headliner right now. He should be bigger. Shang, Shang Forbes. Yeah. Okay. So I knew Shang uh, back in the day in the eighties when he was uh, just starting out and I was headlining in Cleveland. And in a, in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma, which is one of the suburbs we were talking about earlier, you know, like Scottsdale. Yeah, if you were if you were if you were not if you were not Lily White, you were getting pulled over. Hey, we noticed you were uh, driving a car, uh, so we're pulling you over. <laughs> You're driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you were driving. Something's not right here. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, if you were walking, we'd have arrested you. So, um, and I watched Shane go up, and uh, and he was doing a thirty-minute set. And in 30 minutes that I counted off like 30 times that he went, fuck you, that's funny. Fuck you, that's oh. funny. And I, I can walk over and say, you said that 30 times. He goes, well, they didn't laugh 30 times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, but I mean, Shang's, a, I, uh, but I, I've done that. And I've done it on my own shows. Uh, the interesting thing that we do at Tempe Center for the Arts is um, uh, they're not church shows, uh, but what we've developed into over time, over a four years of doing shows there now, is almost like an alternative to what you're, it used to be if you went to a mainstream club, you saw kind of mainstream stuff, a big club. You saw stuff that you were going to see on broadcast television. Now if you go to a mainstream club, uh, oftentimes you're going to see the edgiest and darkest and uh, most graphic language. And there's an audience out there that wants to hear something else. It's like I might not want to go out to – if every club was playing speed metal or gangster rap, and I go, but I would like to hear something else – we're almost like the alternative to that. Yes. Because even, even if some of our shows are, are, are uh, R-rated or hard R, it's quality. Now, your show, Friday night, is we're billing as a uh, – I always bill all the shows PG-13. I'll tell you why. When I say they're G, when I say they're G, then I will get three or four people who go, that wasn't G. That wasn't G. And I go, well, it still was, you know – cleaner than anything else you're going to see you know if somebody if somebody says poop one time to go i heard uh <laughs> so um uh but your show is more of a g pg show yeah i mean you might hear me say ass yeah you know but i'm like other than that there's that's you won't hear uh, if your mind goes someplace i take you and you finish it that's on you yeah but i'm not going to be no i don't go vulgar i don't there's no insults yeah there's no attack there's no i'm not trying to take you down the road I'm just funny, bottom line. I'm just funny at what I do in a clean way. I just figured it out, okay? I just figured it out. So I'll watch guys go up and be like real X-rated, and you'll see no women talking to him after a show because they go, <laughs> he might he might want to do that to me. <laughs> that could be true. You don't talk about any of it, so there's a little mystery. I wonder what he's into. <laughs> but just let me know that you're interested. <laughs> If you are a if you, if you are a woman, if you're a woman, yeah, woman, please, and you come out to Keith's show tomorrow night at the Tempe Center for the Arts at seven thirty, and you are interested, you just gotta let him know. You gotta go. Well, I would like to date you. I, I would like to date you often. I'd like to date you hard. You gotta let him know because I have, I've watched over over because uh, you've headlined now first uh, since we've been there. Since you're in yeah. there, you're there. You're there uh, at least once a year, sometimes more. You come and do guest sets for us and stuff. 
Um, Great venue, though, man. Love, a, the, love, love the venue. Love the venue, though. You know what? I, there's a couple places in town, our place and uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, but we're not talking about Rick's place right now, uh, where when you walk in, before if, if you were just going to go, oh, they got comedy, let's go see the comedy, not knowing who the comics are, going... Like, like I'm gonna walk into, I'm walking down the street. And I hear music come out of a, a bar, and I go, "Oh, let's go in and see what it is." Mm-hmm. If you were just, you didn't know who the comics were or anything, and you went into the Tempe Center of the Arts, just the experience of being in the building alone makes you put you in a good mood, and you know that you're gonna have a good time. Yes. So it, it's a great place, and uh, uh, we have great comics every Friday, and we have one of our favorite headliners there tomorrow night. The man we're speaking with right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Keith Ellis. Now, Keith, you don't get pulled over in Tempe, do you? No, I have not. Yeah, yet. see, that's that's the difference. That's, I've been pulled over in pretty much every state or city I've gone to. Yeah, with no problem. I've, I mean, I've been pulled. I, I mean, Arizona. I can only say I've, Arizona is the only state I've been pulled out several times at gunpoint. 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 Yes. Jeez. My brother's been put put face down. Him and his wife been put face down uh, back years ago. But yeah, I've been pulled out at gunpoint at least a couple times. Two or three times. Man. Now, I've been pulled out of gunpoint when I was younger, but it was justified. No. <laughs> yeah. In your case, you're, just, you're going down the street. I left a club out of here. It was, I mean, it was a while back, but I was on Central and Camelback. Left a club, Central, went southbound, crossed Camelback, pulled over, seven cops, and he said, you took off abruptly at the light. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> seven cops were standing around the car. They had me get out. And they just looked at each other. I said, hey, man, it's cold. Can I get my coat out the trunk? And he put his hand on his gun and he looked at his partner. And he's like, go ahead. Then the other cops started walking away like, oh, it's, it's going to be one of those nights. He let me get my coat out. They stood there. They looked at me. Have you been drinking? No. They just looked at me. They're like, well, uh, you can go home. I'm not responsible if you get pulled over again. Gee. And do you want to ask that question like, well, why'd you pull me over this time? But see, now yeah. I'm to that point where the other side comes out now. It's like. Why'd you pull me over? What's up? You know, if you're gonna yeah. now, it's, it's but not to be too militant because then you you scare them. Well, if you're, if you're when you're younger, uh, you're either gonna overreact or you're gonna go, uh, I better do whatever they say. But as you become uh, older, as you become an adult, you after a while you go, this is not supposed to happen. We had an incident uh, in front of our house um, a couple years ago where um, my uh, sister-in-law was parked partially in my driveway, and uh, and we go outside and she has a ticket. <laughs> it's it's our street, you know. This is lo- this is where this is uh, this is in the entertainment capital of Arizona, Maricopa, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how we like to refer to it. <laughs> and I go out, and the cop is going down the street, and um, I flag the cop down. It's a female, and I start arguing with her, and she actually calls backup. She goes, "Oh, I'm going to call backup." And I go, "Wait," and then there's two cops standing there, but I'm arguing with them. I'm like in their face. I go, the only reason you're supposed to be in front of this house is if something's going on. I says, you are, see, I, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that drives them nuts because I'm 60 years old. I don't drink. I don't use drugs. I pay my taxes, blah, 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 blah. They work for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have told them that before, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm chewing a cop. And I turn around and, and Shirley and her sister stand her standing like, he just yelled at a cop. <laughs> Well, that works for you. Yeah, it works for me, and and I and, and I realize that when when it, that there is white privilege, and, <laughs> and that's one of the white privileges I have as an old man, is that I can argue with cops. Now I got a speeding ticket the other night, where the cop then realized that this was probably a bad, you know, uh, I was on the ten headed to Queen Creek, and uh, uh, it's like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm going from the fast lane. I'm I actually all the way over in the far right, 
catching up with a, a, a semi that's it's in that lane too to turn onto Queen Creek, and I get lit up. And a cop pulls me over, and then when I roll down my window, he looks at me and he kind of goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, how fast do you think you're going? I go, I'm 72. And he goes, well, 75, sometimes more like 78. I go, well, I thought 72. And he goes, well, and he just he got, and I realized that, I realized what was going to happen, that I would, that if I didn't argue, I could argue, and then he go, I'm going to write you up for 78 or 80. And then I'm going to, so if I didn't argue, he was going to write up lower, and I'll be able to go to traffic school. You know, and so that's what happened. But I've had you negotiated a ticket. Yeah, I've I've negotiated t- tickets a lot. I've had and when especially when it's like a cop my age, a white cop my age, and I start talking to him, and we're both standing there like, yeah, you know, you're looking at the cop and he's looking at you, and Bowler's looking at like, didn't work out the way we wanted, did it? <laughs> we thought we'd See, go further. <laughs> I've been pulled over Maricopa and three forty seven. Yeah, yeah, I've been pulled over both those areas, but, but so I mean, but the guy was cool on three forty seven. He was like, "You." It was a school of cards, and he says, "You, you don't have a tag light." Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, there's six or seven cars together. How'd you pick me? Yeah, and we talked for about twenty minutes. He was like, "All right," and I because I said, "I don't have insurance. I just bought the car." Yada yada. He's like, "Okay, well, you know, get that taken care of." Yeah, go ahead. I'm like, oh, cool. Because I was so bad. I was so bad years ago when I was on stage doing blue. I was on stage easily saying, "Save a friend, kill a cop." I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. And then I was doing a show in Oakland, and I thought. I better stop saying it because these people in Oakland will kill a cop. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped when I was in Oakland. You know, people, for a long, with with the advent of GoPros and uh, phone cameras and even uh, 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 cameras on cop cars, this thing that a lot of white people didn't want to believe was happening is now videotape. What we saw in Chicago, you know, where they shot that kid in the street over and over and over again. They go, no, that doesn't happen. But it really happens, and it's still, you know, and, and we, we, we've come a And I love what Chris Rock said where uh, he'll be talking to white people and go, we've come a long way, and they go, well, who came a long way? We didn't have to come anywhere. You're the ones who had to, you know, change. But, anyway, I'm just, I wish we would stop posting so much crap on Facebook because that a lot of helps that. to, that helps to generate the BS that goes behind it, and people get angry behind when they see something, and, angry, and they're like, you don't even know the whole story. Yeah. So at least don't just look at an image. It's like, oh, you know, they shot it. You know, but I even say sometimes, like, hey, sometimes we will have an attitude and start something. Nobody knows, but we got shot. So, but Al Sharpton pops up. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You Al. know the whole story, Al. Yeah. So. Well, we were. Uh, uh, I watched the last fifteen minutes of the uh, thing on um, uh, OJ on uh, was on ABC the miniseries. <laughs> you know, and and it, it was it was really it, the only. Um, the only one that seemed caricatured, that they caricatured him, was John Travolta's uh, portrayal of uh, Robert Shapiro. But the guy who played Johnny Cochran did a great job. And there's that great scene at the end of it where he and Chris Darden, who was a prosecutor, both mm-hmm. African-American, are talking in the hallway. Whether that happened that way or not, but it was where Johnny Cochran was almost apologizing to Chris Darden and goes, when this is over, I want to help bring you back in the community. And Chris Darden looks at Johnny Cochran and goes, I never left. He goes, look, I get it. I get it. He goes... For years, uh, innocent black people have been killed by the cops and got uh, killed and gotten away with it. He goes, this is the first time in history that a black man has killed someone and was able to get off because of the color of his skin. But then Chris Darden looked at him in, in the TV show anyway and said, but they're still going to continue to arrest us and beat us and kill us. You haven't changed anything. Then they have the next scene. Johnny Cochran's going into his office, and he goes in. Someone goes, you got to see this. And Bill Clinton's on television 
going, we have to have a talk about this, and the LAPD is being investigated for its racial policies. And Johnny Cochran goes, that's what it was all about. For Johnny Cochran, that case was about raising awareness, social justice for what's been going on in the African-American community and people not noticing, even at the expense of possibly of O.J. being free, although... yeah. You know, karma, karma's a bitch. Yes, it if you is. If you don't believe it, ask OJ. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, you went into a man's hotel room and yelled? Yes, I did. 33 years. <laughs> I mean, he had my stuff. You 33 years. It's yeah. just stuff. You yeah. had freedom. <laughs> yeah. Man. It, you know, some people said it was almost like OJ when this is where I actually deserve to be, that the pressure of his own fate of his own yeah that you know that that's what it was i don't you know he's he's uh, eligible for parole next year yeah 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 oh, and and, wow. Cl- and cleveland the cleveland browns are really having trouble <laughs> 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 oh man so listen man if you want to see a great show if you want to if you want to see a fun guy if you want to see a guy who i've enjoyed watching over the years um oh you know as soon as i get this set by the way keith and i uh, and I, I don't know your political affili- affiliation, uh, but Keith and I did a um, fundraiser for the uh, uh, Democratic <laughs> Party in Tempe. Remember that? Yes, I do. Okay. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been approached now to do it properly, and uh, um, um, we're negotiating a date for this fundraiser. <laughs> and um, um, they remembered me, and they go into another guy. It was a, uh, um, uh, and they were trying to pick the right word. <laughs> A black <laughs> African, yeah, uh, yeah, a person of color, because they're Democrats. So they want to make they want to make sure they get it right, man. Well, they can say, I, they, they, they can say it this way. Uh, as one white guy told me in Sun Lakes, I'm sitting with, I'm with another white guy. He's like, "Wow, you can't. Oh, that's your friend's gonna help. The athletic guy's gonna help you." <laughs> yeah, that's right. They said. They said, I said, I said, "Did he just call me a nigger?" <laughs> <laughs> but he used athletic. He's like, "The athletic guy's gonna help you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a f- now she's coming over with the guy she's dating. Let me explain. He's athletic. <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, that's a new one. I've never yeah. been called. Yeah, athletic. You and your athletic yeah. friend. I'm yeah. like, wow. The white guy. The white guy looked at me. He's like, like, are you offended? I'm like, no. This is funny. Yeah. This is really funny. Athletic. Good I mean, new material. Yeah, he, I'm like, athletic. It was like a 70-something-year-old Is dude. he like he was, Blake Griffin athletic or like <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge athletic? He's like LaMarcus. Ooh. <laughs> athletic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Who you calling athletic? You can see that he was kind of a stunned voice. He's like, hey, you and you, you, your athletic friend here. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I'll just get the car. Be right back, sir. <laughs> He's an athletic American. <laughs> athletic. Like, oh, wow, my God. One. Yeah, well, if you want to see a very athletic comic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got contacted by those guys because they wanted to do it, and uh, and we're, we're – so uh, I, want you to, I want you to do that show with me if it, if it gets set up. It's um, it's a Democrat – as um, Will Rogers, a guy from the 30s, said, things never change. And uh, he was a Broadway comic, great comic. Yeah. And he said, um, he said, I am not a member of any organized political party. I am a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> and then he died in a plane crash. So um, uh, uh, okay. when they get it together and we do the show, which would be on it with me. Yeah, Keith and I, it was, what, five years ago? 
At least, at least. Yeah, yeah. In a nice theater. <laughs> in a theater, yeah. There was there no lights. You know, a lot of people. A lot of people in Birkenstocks. <laughs> I think you and I were the only one wearing well, normal shoes. Well, we were like, yeah, this we belong here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of frizzy gray hair. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, women with short hair and men with long hair. (laughs) (laughs) Women that look like Joan Baez. (laughs) Now. Joan Baez now. (laughs) But uh, uh, anyway. Oh, wow. I I remember walking up and go, well, here's where you are, the Democrat. (laughs) I know there's somebody out here. But it's a great show because you get to do all your your, uh, uh, stuff. If you do on any other stage in town that uh, people go, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so... uh, Anyway, it was quiet at times. Yeah, that show's not scheduled yet. I don't know why we're not promoting it. Uh, why we're promoting it? The show that is scheduled is tomorrow night at the Tempe Center for the Arts. Keith Ellis, uh, John Gregory, Brian Kahatsu, without Mike James. No, I, thought, Mike, no I, Mike James. I thought they were joined at the hip. <laughs> cut that loose. You cut that loose. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna open that up. <laughs> 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 Same right story. I was like, okay. no box cutter. Just <laughs> <laughs> Brian Kahatsu, John Gregory, Keith Ellis, and Lenny Lizard, ladies yes. and gentlemen, live at the Tempe Center of the Arts tomorrow night. One show, one show only, part of the Tempe Comedy Concert Series, 7.30 p.m. Tickets are easy to get and fun to find because you find them by going to some fun websites, comedyschoolsradio.com. Follow the links and you will be able to purchase tickets, comedyschools.com. And, of course, you can call the box office, 480-350-2822. Don't forget to use promo code TONY. Uh, and if you do, you get $2 off any ticket price. Tickets start at $10, so you get a ticket for as low as 8 bucks. No drink minimum ever for any of ever. our shows at the Tempe Center of the Arts. Keith Ellis, thank yes. you for coming in, sir. Thank you for having me in, Tony. Thank you for having me in. Hey, hey, let's have a fantastic time. We will. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. We'll be right back. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition.